Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Yes, we want your ears. Hello. Welcome to our informational playground. It's our power partner hour. Star Style, Be The Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where we are striving to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. We hope to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they already have transpired. Talk as if you're living your dreams, then act like you have everything you need to be the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life, and then watch and see what happens because we know that you have already arrived. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the, uh, by the sponsors of the Pear Festival for the Be The Star You Are booth. And that is Michael Berberga Construction, La Mirinda Weekly, and Children's Success Unlimited. It's happening this Saturday from 10 to 4. Make sure to stop by Be The Star You Are. We are hoping to increase literacy and we will be giving away some beautiful, beautiful kids' books. This is from Maya Angelou. If you are always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. How true is that, Heather? 100%. <laughs> I know. With our motto of smile, have fun, and be wild and crazy, uh, we want you all to be amazing. Well, we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about Pollinator Paradise in segment two, and we're going to be lifting your attitude with altitude in segment three. I'll also share with you some information about the conference that I just returned from, the National Gardening Symposium. It was fabulous. But coming right up now, Heather in Health Matters has something she's calling 
Fitikit. It's giving us the 101 on gym and fitness class etiquette. And I bet you that there's a lot to learn. So Heather is, as everybody knows, a, a bar instructor, a bar method instructor. And um, you uh, you obviously have some things to say because I guess Emily Post wasn't a gym rat, right? Exactly. <laughs> Well, as you know, so kind of so tell us what is etiquette, time. Heather. What do you mean? So exactly. So as you know, etiquette's kind of changed over time. As you just kind of hit it, is that various things have changed. Before gyms didn't really exist. This whole kind of life thing now that you go to places. Um, there's various kinds of gyms and studios and workout facilities, and different things ask for different things. And I and I think what happens in a lot of times, especially how our society is now, is that there's more and more people, of, uh, more and more of us. There are more and more public things, but yet we are so um, alone in these ways that we really don't acknowledge other people. That we there's so many people around us, but we don't know so many people. And especially now, we have our heads always in our phones and our laptops. I'm not really kind of being aware. So that happens in places, especially at gyms, people kind of start having this me workout and not my workout and not really focusing on what's around with other people being there. So first you need to kind of check that attitude at the door and try to make sure it's a good uh, workout for everyone because, as you know, there's probably people when you work out that really bug you, that there's that certain person that always wants to talk, that leaves their weights places, that's, you know, making weird sounds, that's messy, things that aggravate you. And so try your best to not be that person. For you know it, passes on, butterfly effect. It's a great place to be. So first starting out with um, just going right into the weight room at the gym. Um, one thing is wipe down your equipment. Most gyms now, it's not really asking much of you. Most gyms now even have um, little well, uh, kind of already self-wet uh, wipes and these things. You pull them out of a the machine, they're free. You go wipe down. If they don't, um, most of the times they'll have towels. Even just a towel will remove a significant amount of germs for it. No one wants to sit. I mean, you know how gross it is if you go onto a machine and it's wet, it's sticky, it's warm. That's gross. Don't leave that for someone else. Um, again, you can just use these things or just use a towel. Simple, simple thing. Another thing, ditch your luggage. Don't carry around your stuff um, at the gym. Most places have lockers. They're either free or you have to bring your own lock or it might be a, you know, a quarter, a very minimal thing. No one wants to walk over all your junk or you can trip on it. Or you don't need all your stuff with you. And for the most of the time, too, I'll get into about taking just classes when it gets to the whole cell phone thing. But don't, you, know, you can bring your magazines out, maybe your cell phone, what, if you're using equipment, but don't bring all your stuff. There's no need for it. You don't have to worry about it getting stolen. If it's that concern, you can check it in at the front desk. Don't bring your stuff. You don't want to be walking over other people's uh, things. Don't have people walking over yours. Now, that's a good back. point, Heather, because I think a lot of people... Uh, probably do just bring all their stuff and leave it there, and then there's a lot of tripping going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for I always am the queen of having giant bags with everything in it. I never have purses. They're always bags. But when you go into a class, when you go into something, put that stuff into a locker. It doesn't have to be displayed out. You don't need that all at once. Maybe you need various things at various times but not all at once and not in the center. This, you're just causing up traffic jams. You're just, it's just overall just kind of rude in those ways. Another thing is putting things back. Um, no one goes to the gym, you know, be, to, finding, to uh, be playing find and, go, uh, find and go seek, hide and go seek with things. They're trying to look for things. No one uh, wants to be doing that. Think about how hard it is when you find one weight and you can't find the other five-pound weight or you need the other thing. If you found it one place, 
Put it back where it's supposed to go. Don't just leave it there. Just be kind of the, complete the whole cycle. Finish what you started. Be mindful of exactly of how you would like it to be. Um, another thing is asking for help. Sometimes you know, there might be some new equipment that you think looks really cool. You want to try it out. That's awesome. I think that's great. The more you know, health-wise you can be. But if you don't know how to use it, you might be using it incorrectly, which could harm, harm yourself or potentially break something or get involved with someone else's um, workout. So ask someone how it's done or properly because you could be spreading something out. Everyone knows when there's times when there's, you know, things where people are pulling on those ropes and they're walking into the other area or doing jump rope and a, and a lifting area. Find out what is the designated area for things. That's probably why sometimes you might be the only person in that one area doing that thing, thinking, you know, oh, you've got prime real estate. Maybe that's not the correct place to be doing something like that, and you're actually getting in the way of other people and not really having this great private spot. So find out where's the correct place to have things. Another thing kind of getting into something I see more is in group fitness classes, which is fantastic. I love people taking these things, but also being really mindful of it. As one, you're in a group class, so have that sense of um, camaraderie with your fellow members. Based on what goes on in particular classes, Silence levels can vary, but, for example, uh, yoga classes, a lot of times, whether they're a heated one or not, when you walk in, usually they ask you to be quiet, sort of letting people go in early to sort of usually get acclimated to the temperatures or to just start calming their mind, getting ready, preparing, listening to the music, stretching. Be mindful of that. When you come in, you know, it might be if it's your first class, it's okay to ask someone you know, where to put your mask, but don't carry on a conversation. If you happen to run into someone that you know in that class, and you begin to start talking, just take yourself, your conversation outside of the class. It's perfectly fine to be social, but outside of the doors, not inside. You know, Heather, that's a really important one, I think, because um, so many people do find classes, you know, to be social. But the key is what you said is other people might be there just for the relaxation or the zen moment or, you know, to go inside. And I love what you said about being mindful. I think we have to be mindful in everything we do today, not just, you know, in gym. Just be mindful of one another. It's only uh, courteous. Well, you know, and just kind of, I mean, basic thing of overall with all these things is this is just basic kindness, I'd say etiquette of not being rude, being polite. I think we've really become this me culture and this very singled off that, you know, where people are starting to lose social, um, particular social skills, um, just with interaction, and it's sort of this single child syndrome. And I think, unfortunately, I mean, I love when people come together. It's that great thing that you make friends in these classes, but don't continue these conversations. Have it outside the class. Once the class has started, that's where everyone chimes in. That's you know, your breathing and your participation is what is building that camaraderie after class. Because you just shared that moment together, you know, a lot of times, you know, where it's, it's hard, it's you know, stressing to you, but you all got to that finish line. That's what really starts building that connection where then you feel connected to those people outside of class. Start those conversations then. It's a great thing you already connect on this love of this particular workout. But leave that outside of the door. Another thing, too, is your cell phone. You can last that one hour without it. 
I always tell clients, if there is something, um, you know, that's important, maybe, you know, you're waiting for a call uh, or business-wise, you have a child that's sick, a family member, if there's something that you're waiting on, something that uh, you need to be warned, tell the person at the front desk, hey, if you see such and such number or you see this name come up, please come into class. And letting the instructor know, too, as long as someone knows something in advance that, hey, you might have to dodge out of class because, you know, you're waiting for a call, perfectly fine, but there's no need for it to be in class for other reasons than that. Um, and, again, if there's that emergency thing, leave it with front desk. When so many times people feel, oh, you know, just for the hour, is it okay if I bring it in? No, you're not that important. You can survive one hour without taking a selfie, <laughs> updating, checking out something. Be, again, being present, being mindful. That second, you know, when you instantly start texting something or you're not participating, you're not giving your muscles, your body, this hour is supposed to be dedicated to yourself. I think one of the greatest endorphin-releasing things, and with exercise, that is what happens, that you release endorphins from your body. That's why you feel so good afterwards. Um, allow yourself to really have this hour just for yourself. You, for whatever reason, were able to get yourself out of work, out of the house, out of whatever your original circumstance was, to be there for that moment. So really be there. Be present. Show up. Then take care of things afterwards. I um, think that is, a, you know, I think that goes, what, what you're saying is so important about cell phones in any public space. I, I, I'm just always amazed at the people when I uh, watched people walking down the street or when I was in the airport, it was like there was every single person had a phone to their ear. There wasn't one person that walked by. They didn't have a phone. And, and a lot of them were talking out loud. And it was this, it's like, you know, we don't need to hear all that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it is disrupting. It is rude. Yeah, well, I think just cell phones in general, I mean, I get how our society is now. We kind of have everything right there. But when you're coming to something to participate at the gym, you know, it's fine when you're on, you know, equipment or you're in your own little zone. But when you're coming to a class participation thing where it's your, everyone has to be involved, even though for the most part it isn't that people are having to say their names or jump up, it's not that kind of class, but being present, being just part of the class, working out in your own individual ways, that kind of being present thing. Another thing to bring to is while at the gym, just within the gym, the, the actual the locker room etiquette. Think back to high school ways of things and, and what you'd be happy with and what you're not. So one thing is not using up all the hot water. As that just goes for anywhere. Uh, most places, sometimes that's not an issue in um, particular, especially large gyms. Uh, they probably have that endless amount. But sometimes in smaller, boutique maybe studios, where there might only be a couple of showers, they usually don't have as big of a hot water supply. So be mindful of that, especially in those early morning classes when everyone um, is usually taking those classes so that they can go from there to work. Kind of make those a quick, you know, wash your hair the night before. So this is just a nice rinse off, wash the face, brush your teeth kind of thing. Just get in, get out. Um, another thing, too, is not yelling and talking, just as we're talking about being on the cell phones, especially in the locker room. Those, the conversations carry, and even though if you might not think, oh, I don't care if other people hear what I'm saying, sometimes you have to realize people might not want to hear what you're talking about, especially I know sometimes how it can be when you're talking with girlfriends or friends or whatever it may be, how that sort of freeway, I, I don't want to say vulgar, but in that way, that kind of communication you can talk with your friends, other people, strangers, might not want to hear it, and you also might not know there might be someone 
that you may not want them to hear that. Maybe they're, you know, a relative friend, a coworker, a boss could be at your same gym, studio, whatnot. Um, another thing, too, is just talking about what is on the outside and the inside, too. Don't leave your stuff everywhere. I know when, what it's like when you bring that bag there, you need to get ready for work, you need to go do something. Don't start laying out as if you're going on for vacation and putting all your stuff everywhere. Everyone needs that little bench, that little studio, that little, um, excuse me, that little, uh, that little uh, cross-up area there, maybe that little countertop. Be mindful of everyone else around you and your surroundings of that, just as you wouldn't want to uh, say anything or, you know, to have someone else uh, taking up all the room, don't do it yourself. Um, also, just a kind of a big safety thing, too. It's one, it can, it's going to protect um, to spread more germs for everyone else, but it's also going to help yourself is if you're using showers in uh, studios, gyms, in places other than your house um, to wear flip-flops in the shower. It, it may seem very you know, back-in-college-wise or, or uh, don't worry, you're not being insulting to if it is a smaller place. Uh, it's actually just that there's so many germs in there and you don't know how often they're getting in there to clean, especially the scene that there's people taking showers after showers, the soap scum that builds up, bacteria that can get into your feet if you have open wounds, open cuts. Be mindful of that, again, and just wear sandals. An old pair of sandals and that will do you just perfectly, and it will protect um, you from getting any bacteria onto you and as well as passing on something, um, any staff infections or something that you could be carrying on to the rest of the gym. That is really you? an important tip, I think, is the, the – I can't imagine walking into a bathroom or a shower without flip-flops on, but I see people doing it all the time. So I think that one's a really an important one that uh, people need to embrace and adopt because uh, times are changing and there's more bacteria out there than what we knew. So uh, what else do we have with Fitikit? You know, those are, I was just kind of wrapping it up there. Those are sort of just the main thing, too. My, what I kind of want to end with is etiquette of showing up for a class for the first time. Um, I think of any time, if your first time to the gym, especially for um, individual classes or group classes, you're doing yourself a favor, um, truly, as well as the rest of your class and your first experience. If you show up early, I say anything about 15 to 20 minutes early, usually they might have you fill out paperwork, um, time to need to sign waivers because there's potentially you could get injured. It also will do you a great service if you look online and see if there's anything you know need to know in advance. Maybe there is a particular uh, dress code. Um, I know for our studios that you uh, have to have be wearing pants that covers uh, over the knees. That's one because we have particular... Um, moves that might be a little bit compromising to someone wearing shorts, but as well as that we have particular workouts that are on your knees, and there's the potential that you could get rug burn, that you could injure yourself. So it's to protect your layers as well, and it's also to have express sort of modesty with that. Some things, too, is we also require socks. Some places require you to have a mat or bring a towel or particular shoes, uh, climbing stuff. So look online or find out, call if, what, if there's any particular thing that you need to bring in advance. Oftentimes places may have it, but you might have to rent it or purchase it, which could make your experience a little bit more expensive. Also, too, you don't want to be get there and find out rushed, find out that you, know, you may need to arrive early or that you need to have these things or have the paperwork 
It kind of will slow you down. It'll make you late to the class. And there might be stuff that the teacher would want to explain. For me personally, I love when students come early because it gives me a chance to kind of give them a little tutorial of what the class is going to be like, some things, some keywords they might hear, and so just some little helpful hints because as we all know, that first class can be really confusing. Oftentimes you're taking it because you haven't tried something like it before. So be really mindful. Be present in everything about it. Get involved with it before. Find out what the expectation is so that when you come, you feel prepared and you don't feel stressed out about maybe that you didn't come prepared or that you feel late and rushed. You want this first experience to be a good one so that way it will weather that you actually enjoy um, the workout and you want to come back or not. You know, and one thing that I always think of, too, is uh, in, when you're talking about coming early, I think it's great to talk to the instructor to let them know if you have any injuries or, you know, I, I don't know if it would be disabilities, but any restrictions or something, you know, or if you've been doing this before, if you've never done it before, so that it will be beneficial to you. And when you were talking about all the different requirements. I love just keeping, I'm not a gym rat, as you know, I'm just a gardener, so I love to be out in the garden, uh-huh. but I do I do like yoga, so I, for me, I like to keep my yoga mat, I like to have my own mat, keep that in the car along with uh, a towel and an eye mask that I keep in a little bag, just so that when I do go to yoga, I can be very quiet and relaxed and really get into the mood. So keeping a bag filled with the things that you need, once you know what you need, might be just exactly the answer. But like you said, put it in the locker. Don't let people trip over it. You know, this is a great segment, Heather. I never really thought about about etiquette, <laughs> But I, there is an <laughs> etiquette for everything. And we definitely do have to be aware of what other people are doing and experiencing so that we all enjoy it and we all get fit and we all can have strong bodies, minds, and, of course, our spirits. So let's wrap it up. Thank you for such a terrific uh, Health Matters, Heather. Thank you. Well, most definitely, to find out any more stuff about the show and everything else going on, go to BeTheStarYR.com as well as BeTheStarYR.org. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about pollinators and pollinator paradise. You are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And my name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. I'll be back in a bit. Don't go away. The star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. 
This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that Well, thank you so much for staying with me here on Star Style. Be the star you are. I am your personal growth professional, and I'm hoping to help you reach for the stars and land on them. Well, as many of you may know, this past week, I had the great opportunity and honor of speaking at the National Garden Symposium, and it was held in Pasadena. It was really fabulous. I got to meet so many amazing, amazing people and learned so many new things that I'll be talking about on the show in upcoming months, as well as writing about in my column, but I just want to thank the Garden Writers Association for bringing me on and say hello to all the new listeners that are tuning in today after I was able to give a lecture on how to think like a producer and interview like a star. So there were so many garden communicators from many parts of the world, not only the United States, but Canada and England and Australia. And uh, hello, hello, a big shout out to everyone. Well, I'm going to be talking right now about some pollinators. And this actually was instigated by the National Garden Bureau and uh, Diane Blazik, who I was able to meet at the symposium. We had uh, we sat at the same table for lunch. She actually was the initiator, the launcher of the Million Pollinator Program, which is very exciting and you can be part of it. Albert Einstein said, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. Well, everybody just seems to love the birds. And after reading my previous month's column that was called For the Birds, many people contacted me with stories of the birds in their gardens. And that included hardwood floor installer and refinisher Tom, who was from Poland. He sent me photos, and he lives in this area now, and he asked me to come see his numerous avian amenities that he had installed in his garden. I was just overwhelmed with the amount of work, the things that he had built, birdhouses and bird feeders and fountains and perches. They literally occupied every tree, wall, and crevice. Most were built by him. Many were someone else's trash turned into Tom's treasure. And all of them were embellished. They were either hand-painted, they were given a touch of whimsy. There was always something that was added to them. He gave new life to tossed-out items, including wrought iron gates, hanging baskets, pots, tricycles, even stained-glass windows that he had found. They, he had hung them in his garden, and it just created this wonderful ingenuity and inventiveness, which really sparks a lot of ideas for those of us who love to garden and want to do something else with it. When he was growing up in Poland, 
Tom was like most teens across the world. He just looked forward to making enough money to buy nice clothes. And he just wanted to go out with, you know, friends to party. But his job, in order to make that money to go out and party and buy the nice clothes, was with a wood flooring company. And at the time, he didn't realize that this teenage job would become his occupation and become his lifelong career when he immigrated to America. He worked for a few years for a flooring company in San Francisco. And then when he decided that he wanted more control and more creativity, he opened his own company and he was able to implement his own designs. His curiosity and a desire to reclaim discarded objects is what fuels his inventive nature, both in his woodworking as well as in his outdoor spaces. And he says that after a hard day's work, he finds inspiration, entertainment, and relaxation in his garden. I mean, don't we all? It just seems that gardening just brings so much to so many. So gardens offer each of us a place to chill out, I mean, to relax and to be inventive. In today's high-tech environment, the garden presents an instant place to unplug unwind and be imaginative. When I'm in my garden, I lose total track of time. Although pulling weeds, turning the soil, planting, pruning, watering, paying attention to potential pests is work, it's also very invigorating. And it offers me that precious moment to think without the distraction of the phones, the emails, or those pinging calendar appointments. Our gardens can be an extension of our artistic selves when we allow ourselves to be inquisitive. Now, in my mother's garden, and I know I talk about my mom's garden a lot, but I learned everything I know had literally at her knee and, and from her. She has an ancient walnut tree, and it has become Nani's bird tree. She hangs feeders of all shapes and sizes, and they attract a variety of birds and hummingbirds. Vines in my own garden twine around a rusted chicken chair in, in my front yard, next to an antiquated tin birdhouse. And there, not only the birds, but the butterflies flit amongst the blooms and the bees pollinate the various fruit trees. And as I was strolling through Tom's garden, his obvious enthusiasm for his creation was so contagious. Now, clients have given him cuttings of various species that he's transplanted and tended, many of them becoming his prized possessions. There's fuchsias and hydrangeas and roses and pelagonians and geraniums and lavender and agapanthus and numerous grasses have found homes in his yard. Some of them were pinches, some of them were cuttings, other ones were full potted plants that were discarded. He also built a waterfall that cascades down a hill, adding the sound of trickling water and a place for the frogs to congregate and the hummingbirds to drink and to dip. It really is a haven for birds, butterflies and bees. I told him that he has created a true pollinator garden and encouraged him to register it with the million, um, the million pollinator gardens that's happening right now. The one thing at the top of his garden that I really caution anyone, especially in California because we're in such a drought right now, is he has a big swath of very compacted clay where nothing is growing. It is just... It's, in fact, it was hard to walk on because it was slippery just because of the compaction and the steepness of the hill. My fear for that area of his garden is that come El Nino, come winter, it's just going to become a slip and slide. 
and the water is going to run down and possibly flood his house. So for anyone who has compacted soil, and especially if you are on a hillside, you really need to add the mulch and get something done to it right now because it will not, or the water will not uh, sink in because it's so compacted. So very important to get that, uh, that ground tended to right now. And if possible, I know we don't have the water, but to get something planted in there. Now, after my For the Birds publication, I had a lot of listeners and readers ask me how to attract other pollinators. So to have a truly healthy garden, you can create a pollinator paradise, and it's easy to do. And the, the, the National Garden Bureau offers tips for that, too. You don't need any special talents. You just need lots of curiosity and this little t- simple tip sh- uh, sheet. So here's what you need to know and do to succeed at pollinator gardening. First of all, you want to use plants that provide pollen and nectar. So think cosmos, salvia, oregano, uh, other herbs, penstemon, coneflowers, budalea, marigold, uh, flocks, milkweed, bee balm, zinnia, black-eyed susan, cilantro, sunflower, and wildflowers. These are all really excellent choices. You always want to have a water source, such as a small water garden, a bird bath, or as Tom does, a waterfall, and he actually has a little pond. Now, situate your pollinator garden in a sunny site that has a windbreak, because if there's too much wind, the pollinators can't fight the wind. Provide shelter from the elements with grasses and standing stalks and shrubs and bushes. Have plants that bloom continuously throughout the season, including bulbs like crocus. And make sure that the garden has blooms from spring to early winter. Do not use any pesticides near your pollinator plants. And if all possible, you don't use uh, pesticides in your garden at all. When you fertilize, use organic fertilizers and attempt to use at least some homemade brews and some organic ways to get rid of the pests. Bring beneficials. You can bring beneficials to your yard, you know, the ladybugs, the, the lace wings. These will help you. And, of course, the birds. The birds are fantastic at, at, eating, um, at eating the different bugs, as well as bats. They can eat a lot of bugs at nighttime. So be passionate, curious, then relax, rejuvenate, and reinvent while attracting the pollinators, the birds, the bees, the butterflies, the bats, and more. Now, some mid-month gardening tips for September for the California region would be place bird feeders in a natural area, specifically hanging from trees and away from the house to deter rodents from establishing residence in your home. I did have uh, a really fun and funny uh, couple of emails from readers who told me that they love their birds, but when they hung their bird feeders near their house, they also attracted the rats who took up residence in the wood pile, and a couple of them went underneath the, the uh, house and had babies, and it was rather a mess. So my suggestion is don't hang the bird feeder right near the house. Put it out in trees or bushes or shrubs where birds would naturally go, and then uh, keep the bird feeder filled. And don't forget, as winter comes, You want to make sure to have the bird feeders there always full because otherwise 
we're teaching the birds to come to our yards, but then we're not providing the nutrients that they need. So tomatoes are probably getting towards the end in these last couple weeks of summer. I mean, we're only like a week away, I think, from the end of summer. Or is it, maybe it's already today, actually. I think we're at the first, we might be at the first day of fall. So we're not in summer anymore. But so pick your tomatoes. According to the USDA, there are over 25,000 varieties of tomatoes. And maybe you have started your own. Who knows? Now, clover is a positive plant in the garden and the lawn because it grabs oxygen from the air and stores it in the soil. So if you're seeing birds pecking at your lawn, they're actually not eating it. What they're doing is they're dining on insects that might be harmful to your lawn. So the birds are your friends. They're indicating that your lawn has an invader. Now, one exception to that could be the turkeys. I have about 24 resident turkeys. And these families, of course, in the spring, there were the babies. Now they're full grown. And they have literally attacked my uh, Chinese pistache, which was having all those beautiful berries, the green and pink berries. And I have such crazy pictures of about eight of these huge turkeys up at the top of the tree eating the berries. And then they knocked down the whole a clump of berries to the rest of the turkeys below. And they have made such a mess of my mulch, knocking the mulch down the hill. And I have several inches of mulch. And they have scratched the mulch away all the way down to the soil. So my... my uh, job for this weekend is I have to rake all the mulch back up and I am not so sure that these turkeys are helping my garden other than the fertilizer that they're using so maybe Thanksgiving can't come quick enough for us. <laughs> now watermelon again we it has been so hot here in California both north and south we've had temperatures over a hundred degrees and it is and we don't have any water it's really a great idea to eat watermelon when it's warm because watermelon is not a fruit, as most people think. It's actually a vegetable, but it is filled with 92% water. So we know that we need a lot of water, especially when it's warm. We have to hydrate. So take time to eat some watermelon. And, you know, you might want to make a watermelon popsicle. That's a very easy thing to do. The popsicle was invented in 1905. It was quite as an accident. But it's a very tasty history, so you should look it up. But what you could do is if you take some watermelon and you put it in a blender, you could either drink it as is, add maybe a little sparkling water to it. It's delicious. Or fill your ice cube tray with the watermelon juice, and it makes such a great popsicle. Now, the other thing I want to tell you about is to download a free pollinator guide for the United States and Canada at pollinator.org forward slash guides.htm. That's pollinator.org forward slash guides.htm. You'll get all kinds of information on how to bring pollinators to your garden. And in order to have a healthy organic garden, we have to have the pollinators. The other thing that you'll want to do is once you are creating a pollinator garden, you want to register it, uh, register it uh, with millionpollinatorgardens.org. There is a push right now to have a million pollinator gardens. So go to millionpollinatorgardens.org. It doesn't matter if it's large or small or even a container. If it provides pollen and nectars for bees, butterflies, bats, flies, etc., etc., 
you have a pollinator garden and the pollinator program wants to know about it. Well, it is fall, and so it's time to rake the leaves, add them to your compost pile along with any of your lawn clippings. Better yet for your lawn is when you are mowing it, leave the lawn clippings on your lawn and let them be the nitrogen and the fertilizer that will go back into your lawn. It's time to buy your tulips, hyacinths, and crocus because you're going to need to refrigerate them for about six weeks before planting here in California or in any part of the world where it's too warm for bulbs. Here in our part of uh, California, in fact, of all of California, we can grow beautiful uh, tulips and daffodils and hyacinths and crocus and, and muscari and all the different bulbs, but we do need to get them cold before we plant them. And then we do not have to dig them up before winter. Uh, because and after they're done blooming that's the great thing is we can just leave them in so that's kind of a fun you know a fun thing so uh, also just remember if, if you are in the area of Moraga or in the San Francisco Bay Area please come and visit me this Saturday September 26th at the Pear and Wine Festival if you stop by the Be The Star You Are booth this is the charity booth to empower women, family, and youth, and we are increasing literacy, we are going to be giving away complimentary new books, both for adults and for children, as part of our literacy outreach project of Read, Lead, Succeed. In addition, I will be handing out some free seeds and some potpourri to all of my listeners and readers who say that you Heard it right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, or in the La Mirinda Weekly newspaper. For more information, visit starstyleradio.net. Click on events. The event happens from 10 to 4. You'll get to meet some of the stars of Express Yourself Teen Radio. They are amazing young people, and they will be there helping out. So, again, I just want to uh, thank you for being great listeners here and also for being great gardeners. Remember that we are in a drought here in California. We have to learn to be water-wise. And I will be having lots more information on that in um, episodes to come because the times, they are changing, and we have to change with them. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. We want to empower you. We want you to stay healthy, stay in touch, and be the gift that you are. I'll be back in a bit with the gift of attitude, so don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you ever think that you might need an attitude adjustment? Every day, it's important to have positive input in your business life. We are creatures of habit, and it's easy to get bogged down with the latest bad news and the financial failures of those around us. The words you use determine the attitude you project. 
So be cautious. They're using success talk, not poor me talk. What we think about and talk about comes about. So how about adjusting our attitudes to create the outcome we want in our daily encounters? Be enthusiastic about your next project and the chances that you will recruit many people who want to play on your team. Even when you seem to hit a stone wall, keep in mind there are always ways to get around it, over it, through it, or just plain knock it down. Don't give up. Adjust your attitude to one of success, and that is what you will achieve. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information on coaching or to order any of my books, visit star-style.com. You can call our offices, 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a life that shines. Believe in yourself and all that you do. I hope you are having a party. Every day is a party for me, and we can all decide to have fun when we make that our choice. Happiness is a choice. Life is a choice. We can be up, we can be down, and it's all up to us. So we want to have a positive attitude. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the empowerment channel, where you are a star. Well, we want you also to tune in on Tuesdays at noon Pacific to our teen show, Express Yourself Teen Radio. It broadcasts on Voice America Kids at noon every Tuesday, and that is Pacific. You really have to find out what these kids are saying, and they're interviewing authors and celebrities, and they're just doing a terrific, terrific job. I'm really, really proud of them. Well, this is a story from my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. I always call Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts, my heart book, because I, I just feel it was so divinely inspired. It kind of wrote itself, and it's one of those books that just keeps on giving back to people. And literally, so many times a week, I just get emails, or I get letters, or I get a call from somebody who just got a copy of that book, either as a gift or they, they bought it or they got it at the library or wherever. 
and it changes people's lives. So this one is called The Gift of Attitude, and I hope you get a little bit of a, a chuckle out of it as well. So this is from Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. And if you do want a copy, all the money goes to Be the Star You Are charity, and you can pick up a copy at starstyleradio.com. Click on the store. My husband and I have always wanted to be on the newlywed game because we knew we could win because no one can be our most embarrassing moment. Our wedding was an enormous affair. Remember, I'm Swiss Italian, which means I have lots and lots of relatives. For something old, I had decided to wear my mom's gorgeous 1948 wedding dress. It was silk satin with a figure-enhancing fitted bodice, 102 tiny covered buttons down the back, and a 20-foot train. It was truly the gown of a princess. It was a very hot September afternoon. To avoid passing out from the heat, I had kept underpinnings under my gown to a bare minimum. The ceremony went perfectly. Then, as we marched out of the church as man and wife, my father-in-law stepped out of the pew. In the excitement of the moment, his foot came down squarely on the end of my train. It seemed to me that the sharp, ripping sound that followed drowned out the recessional music of, you are the sunshine of my life. Everyone gasped. The back of my wedding gown had ripped off, and I stood before God and 800 people on my wedding day with my bare backside in full view like the Coppertone baby. I gathered up the torn train, and I tried to wrap it around me as we raced from the church. Of course, we had chosen to drive off in an antique 1920 Model T Ford that covered the 12-mile distance to the garden at five miles an hour. Put, 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 put. When we finally arrived, I hoped to slip quietly upstairs to make repairs, but in a scene worthy of the Keystone Cops, I was pulled from the car by enthusiastic guests and thrust into a reception line where I shook with my right and clutched my dress closed with my left. Now, after we had been congratulated by 150 so of the 800 guests, my mother managed to extricate me, and I fled upstairs to the bedroom. Several of the ranch women huddled around my dress, reattaching its back and train. While I sat in the corner, my arms crossed over my bare chest, the bra was sewn into the gown, of course, wearing only the sheerest of pantyhose. Suddenly, the door burst open. It was the wedding planner, an enthusiastic gentleman who kept assuring me that everything would be okay. The problem was that one of his eyes wandered independently of the other, and the more excited he got, the more that one eye roamed around the room. I'm sure he was staring discreetly at the ceiling, but it was impossible to be sure as I sat there but naked. As the women sewed and he waved his arms, people kept popping in the door with the telephone, announcing calls from Ireland and Europe. I started to feel like we could finance our honeymoon selling tickets. Of course, my dress was repaired and we had a marvelous reception in the gardens of the ranch and farm where I lived. However, the one thing that people really remember about that day is seeing my dress torn off. Now, ever since, people are constantly telling me that our wedding was the most memorable day they ever attended. More laughter has been generated from that one incident than anything else in my life. At the worst moments, we have to resort to laughter. I mean, what else can we do? But there is a wondrous postscript to this story. Four years later, my sister-in-law was getting married, and we jokingly warned my father-in-law to stay far away from her gown. 
Well, you know how you should never warn a child not to drop something? My father-in-law became so focused on not stepping on her gown that he did. Wedding attendants rushed to lift him off as everyone again caught their breath. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately for her, there was no repeat performance. Now, Heather, my daughter, wanted to wear the beautiful gown when she was going to get married, but she insisted she wear uh, foundation garments. And just in case history would repeat itself, she said she was going to warn her (laughs) great-grandfather. Well, life is not what happens to us, but how we view and react to what happens to us. My husband and I could have been devastated, but we chose to treasure our unique wedding memory. It has become the most popular story at gatherings, and it's given people so much delight and so much laughter over the years that looking back now, I'm thrilled that it happened to us. People who can find the saving grace in a situation are usually healthier, wealthier, and happier. At the very least, they're happy and easier to be around. Attitude makes the difference between positive and negative, good and bad. Attitude gives us control, and attitude is a choice. When you are stuck in a frustrating situation like a traffic jam, you can choose to get angry. You can drive up your blood pressure. You can cuss and swear, or you can choose to use the time for some deep breathing. You can choose to see an unpleasant experience as a learning time. You can choose to see yourself losing or winning. Whenever I go to an acting audition, I always walk in the door with the attitude that I am perfect for the job. Now, sometimes that attitude is what makes the difference between getting the part and getting the gate. Of course, it doesn't always work, but having an attitude of of positivity will surely increase your altitude in life. This is a quick exercise that you can do that will help you adjust your attitude. Stand tall. Reach as high as you dare. Stand on your toes and reach for the stars. Stretch up high. Now bend over and limply touch the ground. Now then go stretch up again. Up, 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 up. Make a big circle in the air. Sweep your arms around and then jump up high off the ground. Which feels better? Do you like to be down, touching limply the ground? Or do you like to reach up to the stars and soar? Do you want to reach and soar, fall to the ground? Reach and soar, fall to the ground. That is your choice in life. Just remember that your life is your canvas. Your attitudes are the colors you choose to paint it. Make your attitude bright. Attitude is your altitude. So it's all up to you. Make sure to strive for the stars, decide to land on them, and know that you have the possibility and the potential to be the star you are. Again, attitude is a choice. So choose wisely. I want to thank you all for being my wonderful listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life every week. We want you to make sure that you return to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, live, right here on Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. You can also listen to archives at the Voice America Network 
and at our website at starstyleradio.net. You can find out what's been going on when you read Press Pass, and we hope that you will. We love being your personal growth success coaches, and you can stick around for all the expert advice that we bring you from the different people that we interview on a weekly basis. Remember, you can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style or to book a consultation or a coaching session, visit my website at star-style.com. Call the studio, 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827. If you'd like to help Be The Star You Are continue its outreach programs, including bringing you this positive radio show as well as the teen show and positive messages, go to bethestarur.org. You can also just use the initials, btsya.org. Make your tax-deductible contribution today. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. I want you to see beyond your physical being, know you're already a star, cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate today. And read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. And if I may suggest, pick up a copy of Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and learning to make a difference. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll be inspired. So the surefire tips to take you from wishing upon a star to being one is imagine your dreams as if they already exist, speak as if they already exist, and act as if they already exist. And until we celebrate next week, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. For Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And make this week the best week ever. Until 4 to 5 next Wednesday. Have a great week. Smile, have fun, be wild and crazy. Thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.